actually read the other inside, which I wanted to talk about especially. I'd read that on the same night. And then when I put them both together, I thought, oh, my God, here is a template of living, of moving forward. Today podcast, my name is Tracy McBeath. I am the health and healing coach. I'm so glad you are here. Now is time just for you. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be anywhere. You don't have to prove anything to anyone. All you need to do is sit back and relax and let what I'm going to share wash over you. You are in for such a special treat today because I have my very first guest who is a friend, Barry Shipsides, who I've known now for quite a few years. Is We've kind of been hanging out in the same space. So I asked him to come along because I do get messages every day from people who have had some incredible insights from the book and uh, have actually taken that insight into their life to make some changes. And Barry is one of those people. So I'm really excited to have him here. Thank you, Barry, for being my first guest. Uh, thank you, Tracy. It's so exciting to be here. I've, uh, I've known you for a long time, but to actually be, you know, become part of your work, it's, it's exciting. And thank you. So I appreciate the the chance to have a chat. I just hope it makes sense to people out there. But when I got your book, it would have been like two years ago, um, something like that. I was in Torquay and I thought, oh, okay, here's a book. I was going to read it because it's yours. I mean, you're my friend. Of course, I'm going to read it. But I'm not too sure that I was kind of like the guy that that book was going to work with because although I did the self-help with my body and spent three years getting that right, and I knew I had some work to do with my head as well, it wasn't until I got into the book, maybe chapter six and seven, that I started to think, okay, there's something happening here. There was a brief mention of something on Insight 6, but I'll let that go just for a second. But on, on seven, it started off with, if I disagree with you, can we still be friends? Now, I play golf down there. Now, every day, pretty much, tuned up with three other guys, sometimes you know them, sometimes you don't, sometimes they're friends, sometimes they're not, and sometimes they're people you do or don't get along with. But after four and a half hours of golf, uh, going through the highs and lows of a typical golf game, which can be from you know really great to really, really bad, it really shows what people are like to me. It, it demonstrates how they are. But my role in that, and I think it's always been the same, is to fit in. And that's pretty much what my life story has been with regards to you know, how I see myself with others. I, I like to be a chameleon. I like to sort of say, okay, they're like that. I can fit into that into that scenario. And it's wearing. I, I, I don't want to do that. I just don't. I don't even know what myself was. I was so busy trying to fit into other people. I'm thinking, well, who am I? And this gave me a chance to have a think about that. If I disagree with you, Insight 7, can we still be friends? You know, I never really thought of it before, but ultimately we have lots of disagreements on the golf course. But when I read through Insight 7, the fact that there are 7 billion people out there, we're all different. We're all going to have different points of view. It gave me an awful lot of comfort in the sense that, well, hang on, not one of those people is probably going to have that point of view that I've got. Mine's going to be relatively unique and theirs is going to be relatively unique as well. I don't have to fit in because I'm different. As time went by, that's actually developed in a day-to-day lifestyle where I just accept the fact that everyone else I deal with is perfect. I've got my brother who's kind of a little bit I will say pedantic at this particular stage. And he used to annoy me like crazy because he was so particular in the things he did. But ultimately, he's become my best friend because now I realize he's perfect the way he is. 
So I spend a lot more time with him. And it's kind of like, I'm not going to change him. He is who he is. He's perfect the way he is. He's a perfect Greg, and I tell him that. But I'm also the perfect me. So going back to me, now I accept the fact that who I am and what I am is, that's it. You know, some people are going to love it. Some people are going to hate it. But I can't do anything about that, and I can't change their opinion. And it's just fun being who I am. But probably the best part of that insight is the fact that if I can give myself that leeway of being the perfect Barry, then the fact that I can give that title to everybody else I know is really, really awesome because I have a, a chat with somebody else. And if I do have an opinion on something, which I may do and whatever, and they may have a different opinion, you know, if it goes the wrong way, I just simply say, you know, like you're the perfect, you're the perfect person. You are who you are. And I said, you've got that opinion and that is hundred percent fine. I really do get that. And the chapters open up my life. We had a family member pass away just recently, very, very close. So I didn't think I had the the talent to deal with with that kind of grief. But when I was sort of thrust into it from an inner circle kind of thing, this is where something from uh, Insight 6 popped up where, you know, it said become an observer in that particular chapter. You know, be on the side of a swimming pool and have a look in and look at your life. That has been my biggest achievement to be able to become that observer in Insight 6 because then I could see everybody. I could see what they were doing, where they were coming from. And even though it was very, very tense in amongst the family, even though it kind of like everyone wanted the same thing, but it was coming from so many different points of view, I could see clearly every one of those people was 100% correct in what they said, coming from their point of view. And because of that, I could talk to each of them, understanding that they're right. In the past, it would have been, I'm going in, it would have been, oh, they've got this point of view. I would have to have a point of view because, I mean, that's habitually what, what what I did or what I do. But now I don't have to have a point of view. Now I just have to accept the fact that their point of view is what it is. They're doing a perfect job for them. Being an observer to all this really, really helped me to just simply stop the habitual mind going to accept people's point of view, who they are and how perfect each of them are and just live my life and do that situation the way it was. It just made life so much easier. I really do believe I helped others and helped myself because I just wasn't involved so much in it. I didn't I didn't have to give my point of view to stuff like that. So this is where Insight 7 just literally changed my life because at first when I realized that was happening, it was practice. I'd, I'd just go, oh, this is interesting. I'm going to try that. You know, And it's kind of like lifting weights at the gym. So after you sort of realize something like that, you go out to the golf the next day and you think, okay, let's just test this theory out. You know, let's just see if we can accept people for who they are and, you know, not have to try and fit in. Oh, I come home, I was just so relieved. I'm going, oh, my God, that was so easy. It was such it was such a really, really good thing to do. That's a phenomenal insight that you've had in that you've actually used it in your life. I mean, so often we see different things. We don't really then know how to integrate it into our life and how to make day-to-day changes. How long was the process of really changing the way you showed up to people in the world and in your life where you really came from this place of, yeah, they're perfect as they are. How long did that take for you? I think the, um, the actual line I read on the insight, which is a bit of a lightning bolt, was kind of like, well, pique my curiosity. I mean, yeah, well, well, seriously, can we be friends? And I would have thought that would be difficult. And I, so it's like going to the gym. I think 
you know, when I kept that with me, and this, as I said, when you combine another, in, especially other insights with that, it becomes more like you really just can't wait to get out there and just put this into practice. So golf the next day was for me was I had that in mind, you know, I actually read the other insight, which I wanted to talk about, especially I'd read that on the same night. And then when I put them both together, I thought, oh my God, here is that template of living, of moving forward. And Insight 25, okay, just simply gave me that freedom coupled with Insight 7 to live my life very, very freely. And 25 starts off with, we don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. So, you know, with 7 now, 8 billion people out there in the world, you've got 8 billion individual people who are absolutely perfect, including me. Every one of them sees things differently consequently i'm thinking myself okay there's just no way in the wide world we're going to get an alignment on anything everything or whatever and the thing is but by knowing that then you realize that how you fit into the world you fit into the world by saying you're an individual you see things from your point of view and no one else may see the same thing and stuff like that but when you know that they're like that when you know that every one of them is another you doing exactly the same thing you slot into life, you're going, oh, my God. So when uh, my wife, I see if Chris, Chris will listen to this, but, you know, if Chris and I are having an argument, and well, we don't have too many arguments now because fundamentally it goes back to the habitual self. You know, there's no way known that I will, you know, retort to something she says to me. I, I would just take that on board and maybe have a think about it and stuff like that. If my habitual mind would, you know, snap back at her. And I'm, trust me, I've got 65 years of very good snapbacks there, ready to go. But then when I realised that these snapbacks just promote her doing the same thing, give the habitual mind a rest, it just makes life a lot easier. And, and how this affected me, it's affected me in literally every part of my life because when I start to practice and tell people, I said, mate, you're 100% right. I, you know, I don't agree with you, but I get where you're coming from and I understand why you don't see it. But perfect, you, you're doing the right job and stuff like that. When I start to treat people like that, the people around me, then, I don't know, it becomes less threatening for them, but they – they kind of like give you the same kind of courtesy back in a lot of ways because they know I'm not going to be critical of them. They know I'll accept what they say. And it creates kind of like a buffer zone around you of people who are thinking similar thoughts and stuff like that, which is kind of really cool to be able to deal with the people around you with the freedom knowing that they're right, with the freedom of knowing that you're right, with the freedom to know that they're as individual as they are. It's kind of like, whoa, you know, that this is kind of a way to live a good life. So, I would say that generally speaking, it's not anybody now that I just don't accept the fact who they are. It's fine. And I don't live in a habitual state of trying to answer back or have a smart reply. How 7 and 25 have impacted my life so much. I think I said something to you the other day, Tracy, and I think the comment might have been, thank you for making me an observer. Because for me, that is kind of like the crux of the ability to then deal with everybody else. And when you accept that everyone's different, then you're just in amongst the thing going, okay, I'm, I'm fine on my own. I don't need to impress everybody or do stuff. It just makes life easier for me. So, oh, I think um, it yeah. would uh, change the world if everyone actually could see that inside. I mean, it's changed your immediate world and the people that you interact mm. with. And it, it's so interesting how I talk about this so much that we get so busy trying to change everybody else to fix a, a feeling inside of us. But what you've actually done is not changed anything or anyone outside of you, but just totally changed the way you see them yeah. and where they're coming from, which has totally changed the way you show up and the way you relate to people. And I mm. have no doubt that people absolutely love 
being around Barry from the observer. You know, human beings tend to fight for what they believe in. We've got that tribal brain where we all want to get along and we want everyone else to come and think the same way as us, but really it just gets us into trouble and it doesn't really create beautiful, deep, reaching relationships. But when we freed by someone to be able to be ourselves, and you know what happens? What do we do? We go, oh, maybe I can be curious then about what else there might be. How else could I see something different? So you're gifting people with stuff that they don't actually know it's a gift by you showing up like this, but it really is one of the best gifts you can give someone. And that to me is like, that's love. That's real love. As you wander through the book a little bit more, you get to this inside 56 and it's just another like, you know, slap in the face going, okay, here we go. This just sort of fits in beautifully with what I have been practicing, which is you are perfect exactly as you are. You know, with all your flaws and problems, there's no need to change anything. All you need to do is change the thought that you're not good enough. So when you tie that in with the other two insights that I've been talking about, it, it's just basically cements that particular thought that you are perfect. But for me, this is where it works even better because it works for me, which is great. But the point is you don't practice it as much on yourself as you practice it on the people you deal with. That's the beauty of it. When you practice on somebody else and they get that harmony coming from you and that it's non-threatening, it's it's appreciation of them. And how many times I've gone to my, my brother next door in a caravan and I've said to him and his wife, I said, mate, he's the perfect, you're the perfect brew, you're the perfect Greg. I said, of course you can do that. No problems at all with that. But when you're dealing with people on that level where you realize how great they are and how, but how individual they are, and they're perfect the way they are, flaws and all, it just makes life around you a lot easier. It's almost creating a buffer zone of, of, of harmony. And that works out in the golf as well. I've got people quoting me back from golf, saying things like, oh, well, there's not much point doing about that. Uh, let's let's worry about what we can control. You know, let's just stick to th- and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm getting it back. I'm going, well, that's just fantastic. So it, it, it's kind of, it, it's multifaceted. So yeah, sure, you get the benefit from it. But ultimately, when you start treating people around you, you get the benefit again. But they're getting the benefit as well. So, you know, to me, that's kind of like the real kicker in this, in that it's not just about me. In fact, it's probably less about me than everybody else. I agree. And and one thing I'd like to just point out here is Barry's actually a man. I had a discussion with Barry <laughs> yesterday <laughs> um, about the fact that my book is actually not just for women, even though it is pink, but we have to learn not to judge a book by its cover, literally, and look inside of what it says, because every insight I'm talking to humans, it's about your humanness. And, you know, not only am I thrilled to have Barry as my first guest, but the fact that he is a man, I I really encourage you. I know a lot of my listeners will be female, but encourage your partners to, to have a look at it, but tell them not to judge it by the fact that it's pink. Help them see they can step outside their own thinking and step into something that could ultimately bring them things that Barry's talking about. I mean, who doesn't want more of that? The fact that it's pink, it never really worried me. I like pink, nice color. But I have talked to a lot of people about, they're curious about what I do. People are curious about what I did with my body, because obviously when you lose a lot of weight and stuff like that, they can physically see that. Um, When they see changes in your head, when they see changes in your demeanor, 
they're also curious about that. One of the best ways I've heard that a husband and wife actually have read my book is Dr. Tony Hampton, who is an American doctor. He uh, openly talks about how much he loves my book and he sits and reads an insight a night with his wife around dinner. And I just thought that was beautiful. And, you know, when you can come to something like that, you know, with an open mind and an open heart and just be curious as to what comes up. And you see, well, like you've said, you know, that my partner might have a different insight or see it differently to me, but isn't that exciting? And doesn't that make for wonderful freshness and and difference and curiosity around that? I think it can really just create wonderful conversations. That's at the heart of every relationship. Yeah, it is. The good thing is with having this by your side, having this weaponry in a lot of ways, it's a lot of power as well, believe it or not, to, to actually carry this around with you so you can utilize it in your day-to-day life. But the more you use it, the more you're happy to use it on people away from your immediate family as well, you know, your friends, your work colleagues and stuff like that. And, you know, suddenly, you know, life at work becomes easier. I've got a small story, I suppose, if you don't, if I've got time. It's just, I have um, coffee with a mate of mine and he comes to me and he, my wife's always at me and he says, well, I don't put things in a dishwasher right or I don't do this right. And she's always, you know, I'll go home and she'll have a million things to say. Oh, so what's that interesting? And I said, well, what do you do about that? And he goes, oh, I just get back at it and boom, boom, boom. And I said, so when you go home, do you expect this to happen? And he goes, oh, absolutely. So I said, you're going to change that? And he goes, well, can you change it? And he goes, oh, no, wait, don't. she's going to change. So I said, if she, if you know she's going to do that when you get home and you know she's going to have a go at you, then after that, she has a go at you with her you know, habitual brain, you have a go at her with her habitual brain, and you end up with a fight. Yeah, okay, that's exactly what happens. I said, okay. And like an hour after the fight, where are you? I mean, he goes, oh, we're over it and we're back to normal again. I said, okay, well, if you're going to go home, go home knowing she's going to have a go at you and don't say anything back to her. He looked at me as if to say, is that an option? Well, it is an option, but the, but it's up to you, you know, whether you do that. And I said, you may feel frustration and stuff like that, but, but ultimately, you know, the history is a really, really good indicator of the future in that, you know, when you're fighting with your partner or don't get along well, X hours down the track or the next day, you've really forgotten what you've talked about in the first place and what you fought about and you move on with your life. So suddenly when that habitual brain fires up and goes, I need to do this and, you know, you end up um, having a go at each other like that, you know, it, it really solves nothing apart from the fact that you're having a fight for no good reason whatsoever. And he came back to me the other day and he said to me, you know what? She started up on me. I didn't say anything. I said, what happened? He goes, Nothing. Nothing happened. It was just quiet. She just left alone. I said, how, how was that for you? Was that better than fighting? He goes, it was way better than fighting. It was just an option to observe. And I said, well, why do you think she's doing that? Oh, she'd been married three times. Her previous husband did this and did this and did this. And that's probably why she's like she is. And I said, well, you know, knowing that, maybe you can understand that she's coming from a place not to punish you so much, but just a place of pain. And this is how she's developed over the years. And, you know, he's got been married a couple of times. And I said, when you go back to her, you're probably coming from a place of your history as well, you know. So you people are just doing things that are habitual to you as opposed to having you think about where we're at now and stuff like that. So it's just a question of being, you know, pulling you back to that observer status to sort of say, just look at what she's doing and look at what she's trying to achieve and look at what you're trying to achieve and, and trying to put a, a short circuit in there or something like that. But if that happens in the everyday life at work or, or home and stuff like that, we just have to sit back and just look what's happening and see where people are coming from most time just coming from not a place of hate or i want to punish you it's probably coming from a place of frustration or you know i've had a bad day or something like that but when you realize that you can do something about it but being habitual you can't being an observer you can 
Yeah. Oh, I love that. I think one of the insights I've had around taking that even to the next level is, yeah, the observer, but also, as you said, understanding that it's a habitual reactive place that's probably from our past. Well, it would be from our past, but can we see who they are beyond all that? When you talked about at the start, you know, we're all perfect. Well, we are all perfect and we're all doing the best we can at the level of awareness and thinking that we have. Great way for me that has changed the relationship with my teenage kids is I don't take anything they say personally because I actually know it's not has nothing to do with me. It is all to do with them. And I actually see who they are beyond the things that they say, beyond the reactivity and see their true heart and their true essence. If you can see that in your partner, you'll stay happily married and say perfectly, I said happily or richly married for the rest of your life. I reckon that's one of the biggest things that breaks down marriages, this innocent misunderstanding that what we say, what we react to is who we are. It's so not. Yeah. That's lovely, Barry. We've had a beautiful conversation. My podcasts are usually 10 to 15 minutes. You're all going to have to sit in with a nice, beautiful coffee in my book and listen to this one a bit longer. But we didn't get to all the ones we want to talk about. But you know what? We might do another chat down the track if Barry's willing to. But I'd love you, Barry, to just, I guess, just sort of finish with maybe, I don't know, is there something else that you wanted to say that you didn't say, another insight that you'd just like to finish up on? Yeah, there are two things I'd like to refer to briefly. Uh, insight 71, once again, another another one of those things that ties it all in. Fundamentally, Insight 71 starts off, we're not broken and we're not. If you're perfect, how can you be? And insight 72, we're exactly where we need to be. So for whatever reason we are where we are, uh, make the best of what we've got in every moment and stuff like that. So for me, that just it's it's literally the front, front to back, you know, looking after yourself kind of thing. It came from the book. So, you know, I thank you, Tracy, for your book. And I'm sure a lot of other people will also find enormous benefit from it. If you haven't looked at it, have a, have a go. It really is kind of like some levers in there to to just make your life a lot easier. So thank you for that as well.